Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we have Netflix 171st film from 2019. It's the teen rom-com Tall Girl, directed by Nazinga Stewart. It stars Ava Michelle, Griffin Gluck, Sabrina Carpenter, Paris Baralek, Luke Eisner, Clara Wisely, Angelica Washington, Rico Paris, Angela Kinsey, and Steve Zahn. I'm Jesse and I'm with MJ. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Ah, excited to talk about a rom-com teen type of film that we've had heaps of on this Netflix show. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, this is the platform for rom-coms. Netflix should be doing more of these. And, uh, and this one is one I'd actually heard of before we saw. So I was actually semi looking forward to watching it. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I remember when it came out, it was quite, a, it was all over social media. Um, mm. So I'm sure we're probably going to talk a little bit about how it was received and the sort of numbers that Netflix reported, but we do start our show off with our fast flicks where we do a quick summary of the movie. What's your fast flicks for tall girl? It is a 16 year old girl who tries to learn to love who she is amidst the jungle. That is high school. Hmm. Jungle. Is that because she's hanging from the treetops? <laughs> I didn't think I didn't want to use the word tall or tall girl in it. Like, cause just for many reasons, but I just didn't want to, and I didn't have to. I've just said, um, I've, I've used the word tall girl. I've said a tall girl decides that she wants to have <laughs> feelings for a boy and it leads to conflict. What a, what yeah, a great that's film. Good. That's <laughs> good. All right, time to hit us up with what you could work out about how this film hit our screens on Netflix. All right. I'll probably do a spoiler alert nice and early. Um, so we are going to spoil this film in the in a little bit. We're going to talk about it, and I might spoil it nice and early at some point here talking about the film so if you haven't watched tall girl and you do want to watch it uh watch it and then come back and listen to us um and then you can uh join the conversation by listening and commenting on our social media pages i don't even know what i'm saying now. um in november 2018 so that was when it was first announced at netflix uh collaborating with mcg uh we've done a few mcg films on uh on the podcast, obviously he's not directing in this one, but his uh, his production company Wonderland Sound and Vision. Uh, this is the fourth film they've done with them. Um, what are, what are the Stewart other? What are the other board. three? <laughs> Off the top, Babysitter. Yeah, Babysitter. Uh, Babysitter, Rim of the World, and yep. what was the yeah, third got, one? Yeah, that was the one I got stuck on too. It was when we first met with um, Adam. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, but no, I got stuck Adam on that too. I'm oh, sorry to interrupt. Keep going. <laughs> no, that's good because I was thinking that too. That's because it's not a very McG kind of movie, that one. Mm, yeah. Anyway, um, so that was November 2018. And then a few months later, and in January 2019, is when they revealed the cast. Um, so the film was shot in New Orleans in 2019. It was released on the 13th of September 2019. And this is the fun fact. A month later, October 17, Netflix announced that the film had been viewed by over 41 million viewers after its release on their platform. Enormous numbers, if we are led to believe that Netflix isn't telling any porky pies there. But one thing I found quite interesting was that the film itself did receive quite a lot of backlash online. And this was after the trailer was released. So the film hadn't even come out by this point. But uh, many people online had issues with the fact that a tall, white, generally attractive girl isn't really isn't really enough of an issue for someone to have to merit their own film basically 
Um, so that there was a lot of backlash off the back of that. Like, why are we watching a film about a tall white girl who's having issues with the fact that she's tall? Um, what I found interesting, digging a little bit deeper, uh, there was a thread on Twitter that, that went quite viral, I believe, uh, and a legal counsel for Netflix, uh, Kyle Alex Brett, actually jumped on board here and, and highlighted the fact that um, the director, uh, I've lost her name, Nazinga Stewart, sorry. Yep. So basically, you know, Nazinga Stewart's had a 20-year career in the industry. This was her first feature film. She's a, a black American woman. And he, he basically said, before you kill a movie, you know exactly who you're trying to kill. Black people, and more importantly, black women aren't getting the directorial opportunities we've earned and deserved. The moment I learn a new black director is getting her first film, it is a celebration. So I think it's... Uh, I hear that the language kind of changed after they heard that, but I'm not entirely buying it because I still think there was a lot of negativity around the premise of the film. But what I found even more interesting is that they are discussing a sequel for Tall Girl. Tall Girl 2 apparently is in the works at Netflix. Um, the main character, obviously returning and, and, and Michelle Ava returning in the role. From what I can gather, a lot of the supporting cast is planning on returning. The idea, and this is probably where we're getting into some spoiler territory, is that they'll follow Jodie as the popular girl after her rise to power. Um, however, she begins to feel the pressure of popularity, which causes problems with her relationship with Dunkelman. I don't love that idea, <laughs> but uh, obviously it's, uh, it's got enough people to follow it to consider a sequel. So there's Tall Girl. I read a couple of things. I think it actually, I think it, the production's already done. I think that it's Netflix, done, have got, it? yeah. Yeah, I think Netflix have got it sitting there and ready to, to drop at some stage. So I don't think Zinga Stewart was back on board. Um, I think it's directed by someone else. But from what I can gather, um, filming was done in April 2021. And I think it's ready to go. And I guess they're just waiting for the right moment to um, <laughs> to work out when to put that one out. So very, it's a very strange movie to hang on to once you've got it in the can. Mm. Yeah, you think they'd probably be like, yep, record, film, edit, out sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good, good coverage there from you. Um, you've got most of the stuff I had in just in different words, the whole Twitter stuff as well. And I think um, the, the, the idea of casting Jodie, and this is probably leads into that bit of that representation. They put out like this casting call for females of a height of 5'10 and over to submit a video audition. Um, and Ava Michelle, who plays Jodie, is six one i think six, six one, one ish yeah, yeah so um interesting because and i'll probably talk about this a bit later six one's not that tall really <laughs> yeah, um, quite correct yeah so anyway we'll, we'll probably talk about that a bit later on let's get into some other little bits and pieces my favorites are the translations across the world um oh, yeah. and they weren't meant a lot of them just stuck with the idea of tall, tall girl but i think uh the spanish one it was called At My Height in Spanish-speaking countries around the world. And the only other one was in Germany. And it was How Jodie Surpassed Herself. <laughs> very, mm. very blatant sort of, sort of line. <laughs> I don't mind um, At My Height. That's, that's not a bad title. What about um, in, in Vietnam? I think this was, um, this was, this was one of the, the better ones. It was called Leggy, like <laughs> L-E-double-G-Y. <laughs> Why? Because she's got big legs. She's got big legs. <laughs> <laughs> Not that she's coming on to bowl from the southern southern stand no, and bowling no. legs spin. 
Oh God. And Russia, the last one, it was called In the Back. And I'm not sure if that's me talking about stabbing people in the back and that's what it's about, but uh, that was the other one. <laughs> These are very um, Australian sporting terms here, in the back and leggy. Back. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> uh, tagline. Did you see the tagline for this one? Oh, I didn't know. Good. All right. The tagline for this one was, when you don't fit in, stand tall. Oh, I like it. I like that you like one. It? I don't I like it. It's gross. Yep. Hey, look what you're working with. <laughs> yeah, true. We've got, we've got to find some positives in this, I guess. Um, as you mentioned, uh, came out on 13th of September, uh, Netflix Worldwide, except the Philippines where it was held off until the 13th of November. Not sure why I couldn't work it out, but held off two months in the Philippines. Okay. Did you say the budget for this one? I didn't. Oh, crap. No, I didn't. 13.6 million, which isn't um, too bad, really. I don't know what they spent it on. Yeah, um, yeah I didn't even the same thing. Yeah, just a, a brief little thing. It actually was nominated and won a couple of awards as well. Uh, did, say <laughs> did say that. So it's nominated for three awards. It won two of them for Best Foreign Film at the Polish Filmmaker Critic Awards. So Poland obviously liked this film. Um, and it also won for the Best Narrative or Animated Feature at the Reframe Awards. Um, so, yeah, interesting. The, other, the last one that was nominated for but didn't win was for Best Music Supervision for TV Movie at the Guild of Music Supervisors Awards. And this lost to another film we've done, The Dirt. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was that. Well, talk to I, me about yeah. the uh, the Polish Awards and, and Best Foreign <laughs> Films. So are we to say if, like, like, Green Book nominated for that at the Polish, like... All got one, yeah. <laughs> it's, like... Can anything just can anything just nominate for the best foreign film in Polish film awards? That's fascinating. I don't know whether Netflix just like let, let's find a real uh, obscure <laughs> film awards and put our, our films in there to see if we can win. But uh, random. Because <laughs> two out of three from your noms to awards is a great strike rate. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Consider. Oh, I guess they're they're pretty nobody awards, but yeah, not, not bad. Two out of three. Um, I had a percentage match for this one. Did you? Ooh, no, I didn't. At fifty-seven percent. So again, this is one of the ones that Netflix are pretty much telling me don't bother with. <laughs> so low. I watched. Um, um, I watched Godzilla vs Kong on Netflix last night and I had a ninety-eight percent match. <laughs> so high. I know that you like so, it. MJ, you gotta like it. You gotta like this. Good. All right. Let's look at the consensus from critics and audiences. What have you got for us? Alrighty, IMDb is a 5.2 out of 10 from 21,000 ratings. A little bit short of the 41 million that Netflix reported, but uh, maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't all want to rate it on on IMDb. But Letterboxd, and this is where the uh, the conversation that we've seen around the Twitterverse comes into play. It's a 1.4 out of five, which is terribly low. 41 and a half thousand ratings. That is double the amount of ratings that IMDb had. And you can't help but think that that is some sort of campaign to uh, to slander the film. It, I, I, yeah. Those numbers are unprecedented for for rom com. Would never, would generally not do as many numbers on Letterboxd as IMDb, let alone double, let alone a score that low. I think I think there's got to be some sort of campaign to get that done. And people that probably haven't seen the film got on and, and gave it a low like, a low rating. <laughs> there were so many zero point five ratings on it. Like the the graph looked way out of whack. <laughs> Uh, Rotten Tomatoes didn't really like it. Critics didn't like it either. It sits on 38% on 13 reviews. So that is rotten. Audience liked it even less. And this is probably, but there's only a hundred people or so that have got on Rotten Tomatoes, but it sits at 18%. So um, 
not those big numbers that we're, we're seeing on Letterboxd. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people must have watched it and then decided not to rate it or log it anywhere unless Netflix is... Uh, maybe they watched the two minutes and Netflix said, yeah, you watched it, mate. That's, that counts. Or people are too embarrassed to say that they watched it. Um, but with that, that said, <laughs> Netflix isn't going to invest in a sequel if there wasn't significant numbers there, to be perfectly honest. So there is something in it. True. All right. What are your early thoughts on this one? My early thoughts are I am... I'm generally a, a man of a letterbox community and I like getting behind it, but I, I was very disappointed in the way they treated this film because I liked it. I, I'm not buying into the criticism about why we need a movie about a victimized tall white girl. Cause the reason this worked for me is because that's exactly the point of the, the stresses and the anxiety of, of being in high school. It's, it's, it's a really weird topic to focus on. I get that. But the movie is obviously about so much more than the fact that she thinks she's tall and she gets teased because of it. People who I think are just trying to take this pathetic moral high ground are really missing the relatability of the fact that some of the greatest anxiety that you're actually going to feel is, is when you've got that inability to fit in or discover who you are when you're actually at high school. And I think on reflection, it can be, it can feel so trivial, you know, with the insecurities that you feel at high school, you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe that I felt that, but that doesn't take away from the fact that that's how you felt at the time. And I think tall girl actually captured that really, really well. Like I didn't, I didn't love it. And there were had a lot of issues with it, but I just feel a little bit obliged to go into battle for it because I think what it was trying to do, it did quite well. And I think on the surface, yeah, it's easy to criticize it for what it is. But it was it works on, on another level, and I, I appreciated it. Good, yeah. I, I had um, I think that's a really uh, commendable thing to to think of. I did, had no idea what the consensus or what people's thoughts about it were before I watched it. So um, I went in cold, just knew it was about a tall girl, and I think um, unfortunately this is this is an hour forty five of my life that I'm never going to get back. Um, <laughs> Like for a movie that wants you to think about more than just physical attributes or physical features, it does a pretty good job of being just as mean as in a story as some of the characters are in the film throughout. And uh, I think it just had really mixed messages for me as to what they're actually trying to prove. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. I, I similarly didn't know the um, backlash when I was watching it. I yeah. watched it and I enjoyed it. And then I read it and I was like, hang on. I, I took something completely different out of it than what um, everyone else did. So this would be a good chat. Good. All right. Characters. Fill us in on some characters. Characters. So Jodie. Um, yeah, I liked I liked Jodie. I think she didn't ever stray too far from herself. She didn't do the whole, and this is what I was expecting from a typical rom-com, is she turns into like a really bad friend or she's a becomes this rebellious daughter because she's being someone that she's not and it just clashes with everything that she loves. And then she eventually finds out what makes her tick and it's all good. That never actually really happened. I think the whole movie, she kind of listens to what she wants. She's driven by her own desires and she goes through a bit of hurt throughout it, but she kind of sticks to herself throughout the entire film. And yes, there is a level of discovering the, that self-love and, and you know loving you for who you are, but I don't think she ever goes too far away from the things that she loves and things she wants to do. And I, I kind of like that in a main character. Maybe it's a bit dull and a bit boring, but I liked her because of it. Yeah, no, interesting. Cause I, um, I, I completely, yeah, I think it's nice that she didn't really change much as a character, but in saying that, um, you know, she'd been picked on her whole life because of her height, but she was also happy to profile herself and only date people for their looks or for their, their height as well. And like rejected Jack because of his height. 
And I, I don't know, it just felt really weird that she was so upset and hurt and, and rightly so with the, the comments that were made towards her. But then on the other hand, she's happy to, to have her own type that she picks based on looks as well. It just, it didn't, I don't know, it just felt weird because, you know, like, you, like she's this sensitive sort of quiet soul that, you know, has had to do so much in her life, like wearing guys' clothes um, and trying not to, you know, stand out as much, but at the, in the same same page, like it'd be nice for her to just be like, cool, I'm happy to go for someone because of who they are rather than they're tall and I like tall guys. It was just, I guess, I know. yeah, that's, I never thought of it like that, but it's a really good point you make. It actually makes parts of the movie work better than I thought they did when I think of it like that. Because I guess the idea that she doesn't like Jack Dunkelman, I can't call him Jack. I didn't know his name was Jack <laughs> until I read the <laughs> She didn't like him, I think, more because of that she thinks she she couldn't or she thinks she shouldn't or it doesn't look right because that's that's the profile that she's been brought up with and how she expects herself to behave and that's why when she sees the tall guy she's like oh this is exactly what i want and i guess by the end of the movie and we've done the spoiler alert it works out a little bit better because once she strips that away from herself she can actually be who she wants to be and recognize that you know appearances height all that kind of stuff do mean nothing um yeah i never actually thought of that though when i was watching yeah. it just that weirdly with me and there's lots of scenes yeah. we probably talk about that I was like this isn't if this is the movie you're trying to promote as a movie where we don't want to judge people on their looks her and her sister did exactly the same thing as all the people who were being mean to her and it just felt weird yeah I've got some thoughts as we'll get into about how I would have liked the movie to have gone as opposed to how it did go but um I think that's a good segue to talk about Jack Dunkelman um because for me, the romance between them never actually worked. Um, I thought as a character, and this is probably just from a sitting on the couch, eating popcorn, watching a movie, he actually worked fine as this weird comic relief. And, and even the realisation that he's a really loyal friend really sat well with me as well. Um, but the romance never, never stuck for me. And it actually kind of tarnished the ending a little bit because despite his unwavering desire to be with her, which was commendable, if not crazy at times. Um, I, I never felt that she had any feelings that way, regardless of how he looked. I just don't think she felt that way about him. And when she ended up with him, despite the fact that it was the obvious way it was going to go, it still just was a surprise to me. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I completely agree. I think that he comes across as, and I could completely understand why she wouldn't like him because he's so over the top. So <laughs> annoying. <laughs> But, but there's no mention of her not liking because of these traits of the, the only things are, you yeah. know, uh, so yeah, I, I can, I, and it's like, he's like the best friend, the best friend that's always there to support. And I guess following the cliche of this type of film, you often see that that's the sort of character that you expect the, the person to end up with. Cause they're the one that they've got their shoulder to cry on all the time or the one that that's always there to support the, 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 the person, but, you know, carrying a milk crate around in the hope that, He's going to get up to kiss her at some stage. Uh, like to me, that, that just rings alarm bells. Uh, <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. It's like, yeah, I just, and they even gave him this awesome love interest who mm. was into him for him. Mm. I was like, I, the whole time, like, oh, at least they're going to settle his story. He's not going to be left in the lurch. And he still said no. She was great. Mm -mm, I agree. All right. Who else? Who else do you want to talk about? There's not too many more, but I, I, I guess we should talk about Stig. Um, I, we don't really have to dig too deep here, but I feel like we could have had a bit more to this character because 
I don't think he needed to have his little moment of assholeness. I don't think he, because he was a really good guy. And obviously the, the, the idea that he is kind of like the nerd back in Sweden is, you know, fine. You can let that go. But um, I also think you could have had him be a nice guy the whole time and still didn't have to end up with Jody. And this character still works. I think it could have worked both ways. I didn't want him to end up with Jody because it felt too shallow. Um, but he didn't have to be an asshole for me to not care about that. So that, that kind of annoyed me a little bit, but I guess I felt a little bit, you know, like we didn't get enough of Stig that we could have got a bit more with him. I completely agree. I literally have exactly the same thing. I felt the whole way through that he was an all right guy. He seemed to be a pretty decent guy throughout. And then it's like, that is threw in that party scene um, to give Jody a reason to get on board with Jack. And it didn't fit right with what we'd seen prior with him. Like he'd, he'd been pretty sweet and he'd always seemed to act in a nice way. So it just felt off character for him. Um, yeah. It was just literally there for it's a just a not reason. appropriate, right? Yeah. yeah. They, they just put it there so they can be like, oh no, they had a tiff and guess what? She's going to have the chance to say, he's going to go, I want you back. And she's going to say, no, thanks. Oh, what a big proud moment. And it just didn't need that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got Harper the sister down just because I just thought you've got this better looking sister who does all the pageants, who has allergies. And it's like, well, maybe they're just trying to say everyone has something wrong with them. So you've got every, everyone in this film has something wrong with them. So it's not just Jodie as the tall girl that has something wrong. I don't, it, it was weird because the dad, the dad was a bit of a flawed character in that we never saw his interactions with, like it was always the mum that was sort of heading towards Harper and, you know, being the pretty role model, whereas the dad seemed to focus more on Jodie and the concerns about her height. And he also cares about her. He just did it the completely wrong way over and over again. So the family dynamics, sometimes you need good family dynamics in a film to get on board with the character too. And they were just a little bit disjointed throughout. That's fair. What I liked about Harper is that obviously, yeah, she's that stereotypical, attractive, popular, not all that sharp, you know, pageant queen type but behind the on the surface shallowness that kind of came with her career is the wrong word what do you like hobby of being a pageant queen whatever (laughs) um you know she was she was still very family first they all were very family first they never really once shied away from helping each other but as you said they they didn't necessarily know how to go about it the best way i guess the sister probably did her best to help you know with the the ways that she could sort of help with you know making making a guy get to like you kind of thing. But I did like that family unit in, in terms of the, the wholesomeness and that the house is a bit of a sanctuary for them. I think it kind of worked in that sense. But, yeah, they didn't necessarily know the best ways to go about it, but the, the love and the care was there. Um, I've just got Kimmy there finally because just the idea of that popular girl gets every guy she wants, mean to Jody all their life insecure but also i think they mentioned she was like independent and confident as an audience member i want to know why she liked this give us some background on her so we understand the complexities in her life as to why she's such a horrible person to someone else and i I think we've seen a couple of teen films on netflix at stages where we've actually seen that background i can't even remember Mm. off the top of my head what they were but give, give it a bit more than just this superficial mean girl yeah that one with robbie amell um the mean girl in that had a bit more to her had this sister right. at home, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It was um, but like uh, with the other characters we had, I didn't have time or care about Kimmy. She was exactly what she was, what she what it said on the packet, and I didn't need to dig any deeper. All right, director Nazinga Stewart. Anything further that you could add for her? Yeah, well, I think yeah, we said this is her first feature, but a lot of 
the TV directing credits, probably the most notable stuff being episodes of uh, Made, that new show on Netflix, Grey's Anatomy, Unreal, Pretty Little Lies, How to Go with Murder. So she's she's been around. She's she's done the uh, done the hard yards, and yeah, nice for her to get a chance to do a feature. Yeah, and also uh, over a hundred music videos with artists like Eve, Jay Z, Kanye, Fifty Cent. Um, lots of commercials for big brands like ESPN, McDonald's, Coors in America. Um, the other interesting fact I read in an interview with her was while she was making this film, she was actually in the process of getting married as well. So very busy time in life to be making your first uh, feature film. <laughs> I think it's, you know, this is, it's not a glamorous lifestyle being a director. You got to, you got to pay the bills and you got to work yourself up and you got to put yourself out there and you got to take the work as it comes. Like it's, mm. you know, it's hard work. Yeah. All right. Well, time to jump into some scenes. What are some scenes that you enjoyed in this one to start with? Scenes that I enjoyed, only a couple, but they were they're probably the scenes that you could imagine that I would enjoy. They're a little bit corny, but um, her when her best friend was explaining to her uh, early on about how I, you know, I really, I really wish you could see what I could see, sort of thing. And I think that's what she said. You know, that is my wish for you. I love all 73 inches of myself and, and just that, that self-love and that, that power of not caring what other people think. And you see this in her throughout the whole movie. She never cares what anyone thinks about her and it's so honourable and so commendable. And I really like that in the film, especially with a film that's targeted at young girls, just to be seeing a character straight up and go, this is who I am. I don't give a shit if you like me or not. Um, this is a scene that I really liked where... Um, Jodie comes home, she's all upset, dad's sitting on the couch. And I didn't think I would like this, but just I, I loved the, how he did his best to handle that situation and read that situation as best he could. And he stands up and he ums and ahs, like, do I go up there? And he goes up there and he just doesn't know, quite know what to do. But just the, the presence of, you know, I don't even know what he said, like, you know, I'm here if you need me kind of thing. And I, I just love that, that feeling that, I really want to help my daughter. I don't know how to do it. You know, she's a 16 year old girl. How the hell am I supposed to know what to do? And, but he's trying and he cares and he's hurt. And even the corniness of, of them playing the piano at the end of it, it was kind of a nice father daughter moment. And that's what I talk about, like the idea of building this sanctuary in your own home. And I think that's what they do. And, you know, your parents do feel when, when something goes wrong with you. And I think that was captured really well. And I don't know if it's just, you know, maybe it related to me a little bit, you know, the idea of not knowing what to do in that situation, but doing your best and, and doing it for the right reasons. I, I really liked it. I've, uh, that's the only scene that I've got that I enjoyed too. So, um, so you, you sum that up a lot nicer than I could. And I agree. I think it was sentimentally quite nice and right in the fact that all the mistakes we'd seen him make previously, um, it was just nice to see him take the moment slower and yeah. reflect and say, I'm here if you need it, rather than push the advice or the help down her throat. So I agree. I threatened to kill the bloke for not turning up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, good. I'm glad you like that scene as well. Um, At the end, Jody's speech, it was weird for so many reasons, but I still kind of loved it. It still gave me some tingles in the back of the neck, just her taking ownership of herself. Weird environment to do it. You know, I'm sure half the people in that room were like, why are you doing this? Like, um, I don't care that you're tall, but anyway, I just, I just liked it. it. It worked for me. It was good to see her strong and powerful. And yeah, I, I think it would be annoying if the film didn't have something like that. Yeah. Didn't, that was in my scenes. I didn't like, uh, just, it was just <laughs> so corny. And I think the words and everything were nice. It was just the, 
the applause at the end and, you know, everyone's shouting and cheering. It's over the top. You don't need that. It can be just a reflective moment for the audience to go look at each other, just a pause and be like, oh, yeah, maybe I've been horrible to her at some stage rather than a big, you know, oh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I have to say as well, this is in my, like, like, don't like. So I'll put it, because I like, as I said, I like the fact that she didn't end up with, like, the guy, with, with Stig. Um, but I don't know how I feel about her ending up with the other guy in the story. And I, I just didn't think this story necessarily needed to have a love resolution because I think so much about this movie was the discovery of yourself and figuring out who you are, you know, particularly, as I said, where the other guy already had a girl who was perfect for him. I thought it was great to pair them together and they can be happy and realize that there is more than the one girl that you've been obsessed with your whole life. There is more to life and there's more people out there. But I thought her saying no to Stig was more just like, let me, I'm discovering who I am right now and I just want to take some time to figure that out. Not, oh, actually, I like my best friend. He's the best guy ever. I, I just didn't need that. But I do respect them for not going with the main guy. So it's a, it's a love-hate relationship with how it ended. Yeah. All right, my turn. Your turn. I'll, I'll, oh, you did it. Um, yeah, I've done it. So <laughs> I, I might start off with the forgettable scenes then because I'm probably going to have more than uh, you do. This. I'll start reeling them off. Um, this, I've got a few. This, oh, good. So you might have a, a few of the same. The, the constant jokes about how's the weather up there, I think you do it once and then you move on. You don't need it as a common um, harassment that you see over and over again. You just need, need it once and say, I cop that all my life. Done. Move on. Mm. Um, there's a scene where Jack um, they're talking about when Jody first sees Stig and if they had a baby, it would be a giant, but you'd have to have a Caesar. So again, this is a, a comment that you're talking about. You're worrying about how you're going to look. It, who You have a beautiful child. Who cares if you've got a, a cut across your stomach? Like it was just another one of those superficial comments from the characters that prove or proving that they're just as bad as the, the bullies in this film as well. Um, that that really scene was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, That's enough ghost... reasons to not like Jack, by the way. She should have figured that out that he's just telling these ridiculous stories about why you can't end up with a guy. Yeah. Um, Harper, happy to help Jody with Stig, but the comment that she made multiple times was, "You have to be willing to go all the way." She hasn't even kissed a guy at this stage yet. We're we're putting this pressure on teens to go all the way, and I understand it doesn't necessarily it might be going all the way in the relationship. I get that, but if you're a young kid and you're watching this film, you're not necessarily going to interpret it like that. So I think they needed to be very mindful of the language they use around these characters too, especially if you're trying to be positive. Um, anyway, yeah. It's a really good point because I was initially like, oh, that's a weird thing to say. Mm. And then I eventually realized, I figured it was more to do with, you just need to commit fully. That's that's kind of what I yeah. took it as. But initially I was like, hang on, this, this movie isn't about that. Like, I don't think that's important at all. But yeah, I agree. It's, that language yeah. was terrible. Um, the prank call from Stig, to mm. to her it was just what why was it needed like we know that uh he's with her arch enemy we don't need further bullying or harassment like i don't know was, just, that, just, that was so mean though that i can imagine was, yeah. a lot of high school girls like relating to that in whether directly or not but that was so mean i felt so sorry very for mean her. um the just the scene the the meat of stig on the piano and jody walking in it was just one of those things like of course he plays the piano like you couldn't have anything more obvious like didn't play it well though no <laughs> no he didn't good good tips from her you just use those big hands um yeah. <laughs> the tall club that dad sets up at the house the tip toppers <laughs> or whatever it was that was just super like wasn't needed over the top oh green. it was terrible 
It Shocking. was so bad. Um, then Jody looking up height reduction surgery online, like, oh man, come on. Like we're, it's just so blatant in your face. We understand that she doesn't like being tall. We, we don't need that further context. Um, and as you said, she's six foot one, like six foot one isn't enormous. Like six foot one is tall. There's not, not a lot of six foot one women that you see just day to day, but like, I'm like, I'm nearly six foot four and I don't even think of myself as that tall. Um, Jack did that Gordon Ramsay impersonation in the cafeteria. It was just woeful, woeful, woeful. Um, the impersonation over. was bad or you just didn't like the scene? Yes, the impersonation was poor. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and the scene was shit. Um, <laughs> the whole idea that this was made in and around New Orleans, you have such good vibes that you can include. And when they tried to, they had like this marching band down the street, which was like six people on instruments when, when they're trying to... <laughs> and then they go into this escape room and there's like a, the hosts like in voodoo outfit. It's like, oh, cool. We filmed in New Orleans. We've included a couple of things. We've got the vibes down pat. Rubbish. Um, oh, scathing. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Jody and Harper having this DNM at the end where they have that reflection and, you know, ask, why have you never asked me for your help? The only time that she's asked you for help now is for, to be superficial, to, to look good, to, to dress yourself up and how to act around guys. It doesn't necessarily relate to good sister help or good sister advice. It just really frustrated me that that was the help that she'd got from her. Not, you know, how, how do you, how do you deal with, the way you look like a, a conversation about Harper and mm. her looks and, and how she deals with that herself could have really led into some good understanding from Jody. Um, that would have been great, actually. Good yeah. and, that. Good work. and the last, the last thing is the post credit when the credits are rolling and they've got the cast at the homecoming um, or dancing. Jody was in there dancing. She walked out of that homecoming for a reason. It just really left a sour taste in my mouth. You've got this impactful moment where she walks out of the homecoming and says, I don't need you. I don't need this. I'm my own person, but Hey, let's have her in the credits and dancing with everyone. Just felt off. Ava Michelle, by the way, who plays Jody is actually a dancer. Fun fact. She was in, uh, I, I was going to talk about this at some stage. Yeah. So there's a show <laughs> on TV. Dance Mums was on Foxtel many, many moons ago. Um, and the, the Abby chick that was like the dance mom, the, the coach, or she ended up in jail. But yeah, this chick was uh, with that JoJo girl from Nickelodeon. They were all on it. Anyway, yeah. Go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. JoJo as in uh, the singer. Yeah. She was oh, off Dance Moms as well. Go. Yeah. Did, did you watch Dance Moms? I may have watched a bit with my sister at some point. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Any scenes that you want to add that you didn't like? Straight. I look, this is one, not one I didn't like, but I feel like I have to turn, I have to bring up. When that scene when she was four years old, I'm not talking about her being tall, her parents didn't age at all in 12 years and they didn't even try and age them. They're just like, you know what, bugger it. Let's just, we're going to film it now and then we're going to do it later. Um, I thought it was a ridiculous reaction from Dunkelman when he found out that Stig was staying with them. Like just, just an awful yeah. way to treat another person who's just come from another country. <laughs> it just kept going. And I was like, you can't talk about someone like this. What the hell are you doing? Um, the tip toppers thing I had, like that was a terrible scene, but I did laugh when they said something like it, like said to Jody, see, it's not like, it's great. It's not all that bad being tall. And the woman walks past like, yeah, it is. It sucks. <laughs> something like that. I thought, I thought I actually laughed at that, but it was a terrible scene. I didn't like that Jody had a fight with her best friend. I thought that was just purely because the plot 
kind of wanted them to reconcile at the end. I never felt like they properly had a fight. I never thought they actually had to get back together either. That whole thing just didn't work. Her, she could have gone through all this with her friends still intact. Um, didn't like that. And the only other scene I want to bring up is more logistically after the, uh, the party when um, Jody wakes up and Dunkelman's in her room. Logistically, I don't understand how he rocked up at her house the morning after the party, early enough for her to still be asleep, but his mum had already come home. She'd already granted him. He bought a present for her and come to her house. That timeline doesn't work for me unless she slept until like 1 p.m. So I, I had an issue with that. He's had those shoes in the bottom of his cupboard for years, just waiting for this moment. I, I, I And I allow <laughs> that as part of it, but the rest of it still didn't work because she didn't strike me as a sleeper in her. She was just so upset, so upset. <laughs> All right, that, uh, it's time to talk about some themes and some ideas in this one, I guess. What, what, what's the message you took out of this? Yeah, I mean, I've mentioned it a lot, but the, the idea of loving you for you and, and, and finding things that you might think are flaws, but recognizing them as, as the beauty of who you are as an individual. Um, and then the idea of sticking up for yourself and, and sticking up for your friends and for your family and, and sort of working together to not let the bullies get to you and not let your insecurities take over. And I thought it was actually done really well. I'd just further harp onto that, that idea of acceptance, tolerance of differences. You've said that, you know, I think they made a comment about her at the end. She said, I love the view from the top, you know, fitting in, being yourself mm. and dealing with that self-consciousness because I sort of touched on before that the idea of feeling uncomfortable with the tension that, that she has, like, and it's not just about Jody being tall, but the sister and, and her eating and being skinny and Kimmy worried about others being prettier than her and Stig about being short back home. They've all got these ideas that they, they can probably all take on board this empathy and, and try and prevent the, the bullying that's happening um, throughout. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think they're really nice messages. And I, I don't want to get caught up in the fact that it's a movie about a tall white girl who actually hasn't got much wrong with her in the world. Yes, on the surface, that's not that's correct. But you could make a story about any kid in this school and you could find out their one insecurity. And, and it still works as a film because it's relatable. Good. All right. Well, what did you take away from this film? <laughs> well, yeah. I think, I think there's a really nice message in the simplicity of the story because not every issue in a movie has to face these epic proportions some movies work really well because it's like a life or death matter and that's that's what makes you sit on the edge of your seat seat and enjoy a movie but when you can recognize that these small things are the things that eat us up every single day of our life and high school is just magnified in that sense then these are relevant things to talk about and try and get people to understand because if one person watches this and go you know what I shouldn't be disappointed by the fact that I can't run as fast as everybody else or that my hair's a certain color or that I don't like the way my eyes look. Like if you can get people to figure out that by watching this movie, then it's done its job. Um, and I think I also pulled out a few nice things about parenting and family and the way that not necessarily this family did it right, but the way that you want, you want to, you know, act as a family and, and support each other as a family. I think um, there's some stuff to take out of that. Yeah, well, I just the well, thing I took out of this is why has no one approached me to make a movie about the small guy? I'm I'm I'm, I'm always picked <laughs> on for being short and small. I could have I could have been in a movie like this. There is definitely a movie by the Wayans brothers called Little Man. I'm pretty sure yeah, there is. Yeah, there I'm, sure is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right, uh, did you jump onto IMDb at all to check anyone out? Uh, well, I firstly did it. I think like probably everyone who watched this movie to check out. Ava Michelle's actual height in real life. And it's not an IMDb. I had to Google it. But she is six foot one, as they as they say in the film. 
Um, I then went on to check out The Dad, who's played by Steve Zahn. He's from The Ridiculous Six. I do remember him from The Ridiculous Six. Also, literally the day after I watched this, my wife started watching White Lotus and he was on that. And I was like, that's the guy from Tall Girl because I IMDb'd him last night. <laughs> so, yeah, good. Steve, Steve, yeah, Steve Zahn getting it done. And Griffin Gluck as well. I remember the name. The name really rings a bell. Um, so he's he's the kid in middle school, the, the worst years of my life or whatever, but also the the little brother in Why Him with James Franco, Brian Cranston. Um, yeah. So there was a few in this. I also checked out Steve Zahn, uh, the dad, because he was this character Cliff in a film called The Perfect Getaway, uh, which I watched many, many years ago. And it just had that real familiar face that I remember him in something that was a lot more serious. Um, and that is quite a good film, uh, which I haven't watched in a while. So I might go back and check that out again because I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Hmm. But Steve Zahn just clearly got one of those faces, hasn't he? Hmm. He sure does. Um, all right. Well, questions. Do you have any questions that you want to ask? I do. Did- did you ever have a tall girl? Obviously, I know you went to an all-boys school, but did you ever have a tall girl at not school or in your circles that was just like known as the tall girl? Well, my wife. <laughs> She's a bit taller than me. I'm a... um, so, I guess that's about it. <laughs> we had one that used to come to party and she was like six. She's taller than me. She was like six, oh, wow. five. And... Um, we also had a guy I went to school with who was probably like six, 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 seven. Everyone tried to get them to get together, but it made me think. Like when I saw this movie, I'm like, oh my god, that girl. Because like to me, I don't, I don't remember her name, but she was always just the tall girl. Okay. And wow. not that I like, you don't say anything to her, but like that's that is you know that that profile that you get that that badge, like it's it's a thing. True. Um, I I guess this sort of leads on to that a bit. Six foot. We mentioned it before. It's not that tall. Could like if they cast someone that was seven foot. Do you reckon it would have made it more realistic? Because you look at a, and a lot of the scenes, they obviously try to um, put her on steps and stuff to make her look taller, but it, it goes out in a lot of scenes where there's some scenes like, oh, she doesn't look that tall compared to some of the others. Yeah, you know what? I reckon they, like, would have, would have been good if she was like 6'5", even. Uh, mm. Seven foot, yeah, is just ridiculous. <laughs> it's so tall. You could make a tall guy, make a movie tall <laughs> man, about a guy who's seven foot now. That is like... But yeah, six one is like like there'd be so many guys at her school that are taller than her. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. That that, that um, is a little bit of a miss. I got one more. Um, how good would a scene in this film set in the gym, big dodgeball game in class, Kimmy and Jody and Jody just pelting the crap out of her, <laughs> or like playing basketball and she just oh, posterizes her and dunks. <laughs> <laughs> just like it's a teen like it's a school film i reckon we got every other scene in the school that you see in all these films but no no sports classes we didn't get the pa class you're right good call <laughs> oh god any anything else you want to ask no nah, i think we've covered more than i expected us to expected. cover in this movie. <laughs> we have all right well let's let's wrap this up where we give the film a rating out of five and come up with an average what are your final thoughts uh, you know i love a high school film if they get it right but there's a charm in the relatability of digging around these classic high school concerns. And I actually really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed Ava Michelle in the lead. I found her impossible not to root for in this entire film. She was, I just wanted to be mates with her. She, just, she was great. Yes, there were some really corny moments and there were bad scenes, but all in all, I enjoyed it so much more than I was anticipating. So I'm giving it three stars. Nice. Good. Um, I, I, the last 10 minutes, I was actually on board. The last 10 minutes, I thought it brought it all together well. So I'll give it that. But 
it doesn't redeem it for the rest of the stuff that I just couldn't really gel with because I find it really hard to find inspiration in the character that you're meant to find inspirational because she's copped it all her life. And then for me, just seeing some of the comments through her friends and through her and through her sister that the, the way that she was going about it, she was becoming just as judgmental as some of them. Um, and I know that that's probably just my reading at times with it, but that was where I got on board and I probably got stuck there rather than jumping in and out. So uh, I'm giving it a one and a half out of five. So not too bad. That gives us a two point two and a half. 2.25? No. 2.25? Sounds good. I don't know. I'm, yeah. It's been a yeah. while since... 2.25. 2.25. Good. 2.25. We've had, yeah, good. we've had quite a big gap there. We don't, we don't only have that big gap. No, we don't. Uh, we're on socials. Got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Give us a follow. Give us a like. If you can, question I want to put out there on our post this week is, are we past the idea of accepting people based on looks in society now? Are we, we past that or are we still stuck in that rut? Jesse, I wish we were. Let's not get ourselves. Yeah, I know. it's a it's a tricky thing, isn't it? When we're so woke, um, and you know, the, we say we're in such a woke world where we're trying to be so politically correct and and do all these things that people want to try and include acceptance. Why is this one thing that we we're not actually focusing on a little bit in our own values as well? I guess, which is why it becomes even more important to empower yourself with the way you think and the way you feel. You you can't you can't control anybody else, and that's that's important to know and a, and a hard thing to do. It's a bloody hard thing to do. There is. Yeah. All right. Well, we're back next week for another episode. It's a comedy next week, and I think both of us have seen this one from 2019. It's the Between Two Ferns, the movie directed by Scott Aukerman. It stars Zach Galifianakis, Lauren Lapkus, Ryan Gall, and Giovanni Linneo. So that's what we've got for you next week. I like it. Have we watched, have we had a movie out of the 170 odd that we've both watched prior to re-watching it for the pod? I don't know if we have. Possibly not. Um, I think I've watched we'll this. I haven't watched it since it came out, so I haven't seen it in three years. Same, yeah, same. Yeah. So it'd be good to I can't maybe actually to... remember any of the interviews and stuff. <laughs> Me either. So yeah, yeah, we might have to mix the shop a bit with the format next week, but uh we'll maybe instead of scenes we'll go uh, interviews, but we'll see how we go. Sounds good, mate. I'm looking forward to that one. Good. As always, thanks for the company and we'll see you next week. See you then.